Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Haley. And we are Leels on Reels. So we've been doing theme episodes for the past couple of times, so we're going to keep up with that today. February is Women in Horror Month, and that means a lot to me as a female filmmaker in the horror genre. It's also a special year because the grassroots program of Women in Horror Month has been going on for 10 years now. So, yeah. Ten years. Yeah, it's it's a pretty That's... good. Like they have film festivals. People put on showings of f- films that women directors made. They put out spotlights for actresses that are involved in horror films. It's a pretty big thing. It's it's really taken off over the ten years. That's great. I mean, that's you know, hopefully, just keeps moving forward. Yeah, because a lot of times like just women in genre films, specifically horror, they don't get enough of the spotlight. Like earlier, I want to say earlier this year, but it's 2019 now, so that doesn't work. But a couple months ago, there was this big controversy because Jason Blum said there is not enough female filmmakers to be hiring to direct horror films. And that caused a huge backlash, and there was a ton of people who got, like, listed as, here are some possibilities to be hired to direct your horror films. So we really need movements like the Women in Horror Month in order to bring some recognition. I guess, yeah, that will be a good thing for women who are directors who are trying you know, get in there yes like me <laughs> hello so hopefully someone will you know see your films and <laughs> one could hope right and then they see you know you know opportunities are coming <laughs> yes but anyway to get into actually talking about the films earlier this week i showed eric jennifer's body for the first time and I'm actually glad you did because I really enjoyed that. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, I heard about the movie a long time ago, and I just didn't seem really interested to it. Um, yeah, just I don't misconceptions know. because of the name and the way that it was. The trailers came out and everything. Yeah, it just didn't interest me for some reason. You know, even though I've seen the trailers. But it didn't interest me. And then, you know, now, you know, you're bringing it up. And I was like, you know, okay, well, we'll go ahead and uh, watch it. Give it and, a shot. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm kind of glad I did. And, you know, I'm sorry I didn't get to watch it back then when I probably would have really enjoyed it watching it in the theaters. Yes. We keep saying back then because Jennifer's Body was released in 2009. It's directed by Karin Kusama, who has gone on to direct The Invitation in 2015 and the new film Destroyer starring Nicole Kidman that came out. I think it was I think it's considered a 2018 film. Last year, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, but Karin Kusama directed Jennifer's Body and it was written by Diablo Cody who penned the screenplay for Juno that came out a couple years before Jennifer's Body. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I was uh, surprisingly shocked at how much I enjoyed the movie. Um, I was engaged uh, the whole time, and mm-hmm. it was uh, it was interesting how I really didn't know what was going on 
<laughs> I kept asking, like, what is happening? Yeah, don't ask What's... questions you don't want the answers to. Yeah. <laughs> that was um, that was a good turn of events for me. It's I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I remember in 2009 when the film came out, I really liked it. But I think for the most part, everyone else's reactions were just really lukewarm about it, if anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I was just like, eh. Yeah, I don't you know? I don't remember it getting a lot of traction at the time. Yeah, I don't think it ever really did. Like I like I said, I've heard of it, but I never really piqued my interest, you know. Yeah, which is a shame cuz personally I think it's one of Megan Fox's best performances. She was kind of creepy. Yes, I loved it. She's really good at being creepy. Uh, she yeah, she kind of creeped me out in in a good way. You know, like I Knowing Megan Fox just from Transformers, like, I never saw her kind of going into that, you know, horror. Yeah, and I watched a lot of the director commentary for it, and they were saying that Megan got really into the horror aspect of it. She went all in. And and she delivered it (laughs) because, like, I was – she freaked me out. She kind of, like, stay away from that one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so Jennifer's body has had kind of a resurgence lately. Like, it's being kind of lauded as being, like, a feminist piece now. And it makes you wonder if maybe it was just a little bit too early. Maybe society just wasn't ready for a tale like that. Back in 2009? Yeah, Yeah, which is weird to say, because you would think 2009 would be ready for it, but I guess not. But now, I mean, in today's age and in our culture now, it uh yeah it kind of kind of does stand out mhm yeah like there is a lot of moments that like some of the moments are fun and some of the moments are just really hard to watch yeah yeah definitely there were, there were a few there was one particular part mm-hmm. that makes you really like wow okay yeah that had and, to have been hard to film hard to be a part of cuz it's hard yeah. to watch now yeah, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it really does kind of say a few things, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Megan Fox was kind of like made for that role. I think she just did really well in it. Like she was able to swing between being like the most popular girl in school to being this complete scary demon that you don't want to have anything to do with. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, like, this complete, like, I I guess dichotomy of it that was just, like, the switch back and forth was part of the comedy in Jennifer's body because they switched back and forth between some really dark stuff to Mm -hmm. all of a sudden her and her co-star Amanda Seyfried are making jokes with each other. Yeah, like, they're best friends. Yeah. Yeah, they're best friends. And, wow, the complexities of this movie. Yes. (laughs) Like, I liked, like, when I watch it, I see a lot of layers to it, and I might be inferring some of those layers with my own life experience and seeing more in the film than maybe they intended, but for me, it stands out a lot. Yeah. I mean, I saw the layers. Mm -hmm. Um, Can't really talk about it without spoiling the movie, so I'm not going to, but it's just the fact that, you know, the relationship between her and Amanda... And um, the other people in the movie, mm-hmm. and you kind of just see how one is treated differently than the other, and how 
um, I guess maybe back in 2009, maybe, maybe not even, even just like nowadays where bullying is kind of, you know, part of, part of, uh, of just life altogether, right? But just, and all the other aspects that happens in a movie that kind of intertwines with mm-hmm. itself. And then you're like, wait, wait, did that, it just crossed this whole, yeah. whole like path that you never expected, but then it yeah. kind of crosses again and it like, mm-hmm. it opens up like five different pathways that it all comes together. And you're like, Oh my God, this is kind of deep. Yeah. Just a bit, <laughs> a bit deep. Yes. You know, on top of that, you got the horror aspect of the story, mm-hmm. but there's so much more involved underneath it that, you know, hopefully you pick up on, if not, they kind of show you yeah. eventually, mm-hmm. but, but yeah. Yeah, so, like, full disclosure, watching it now, some of the dialogue was really cringy for me. (laughs) Like, it's, like, super, like, if someone looked at high school students and saw how they talked to each other and they were like, wow, I don't understand anything what these kids are saying, let me translate that to every person watching this movie. That's kind of what it felt like, because I was 17 when this movie came out, and I don't remember anyone talking like that when I was in high school. So I was just like, oh, why are we saying jelly so much? You're green jelly jealous. I was like, oh my goodness. Slang for the time. Not really. (laughs) Maybe I just didn't go with those circles that talked like that. Who knows? Maybe it was the up and coming, you know, sayings that... I missed it by a couple years, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the dialogue was... The dialogue's probably the hardest part to yeah. get through, I think. And that might have been another reason why a lot of people kind of clicked out of it. Didn't connect to it as much, maybe. Yeah, because yeah. the dialogue seems kind of unrealistic, like kind of really unrealistic. And then there are some aspects of it being set in a small town that are realistic and other mm-hmm. things that aren't. Yeah. Yeah, and... So it's it's definitely a conundrum of a film, but I enjoy it. And I have to say that it had some pretty funny comedy. You you thought it was funny? Yes? I thought it was funny. Yeah, I oh. thought it was a bit a bit funny. Like those, um, I can't. Is it? Are they really like one liners, or were just the way certain characters like says something with their facial expression to to tell the audience like. I just told a joke, but kind of dark, <laughs> uh-huh. kind of a dark joke. But if yeah. you catch it, you're like, ah, that was good. You know, <laughs> if you don't, you're kind of like, huh, what just happened? <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you thought aspects of it were funny, because when it first started and you had the dialogue going, I was looking at you out of the corner of my eye and I was like, oh, no, I hope he doesn't disconnect in the first five minutes. Please don't disconnect in the first five minutes. No, I no, And I think the first five minutes caught me. That's good. It was good. I'm glad that... Okay, maybe don't disconnect in the first 15 minutes, because the first five minutes, you were really hooked, and then they went into the high school environment, and and I was like, please don't disconnect. That was the one thing I was afraid of, because of the (laughs) high school aspect, right? And and where they took this horror into the the field of, like, almost... The world of like high school, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like the like kind mean, of girls. mean Girls, yeah, yeah. kind of like that. So, and it was like I enjoyed Mean Girls, but you know, high school, you know, 
style films or, or theme films, I don't really connect with all that much. It's just I. It's not my. I'm not like the the demographic that their target. It's just not your thing usually. Yeah. It's just yeah, yeah. Unless maybe like you know, like uh, what's that? Uh, Breakfast Club. Oh, like yeah, you know, that was my time, mm-hmm. right? So, but no, I did not disconnect from it, and Yay. Um, I thought that you know it uh, had a really good, decent story. You know, I'm and, glad you liked that aspect of it, and I'm glad you finally took the chance to watch it because I remember when I. I told you you needed to watch it, and you yeah. were just like, "eh." And then I bought the I bought the steel book of it. I got a good deal, and you were like, "Why?" And I was like, "You don't understand. It's <laughs> worth it to me." <laughs> to you, yeah. Yes. Well, I, you know, I'm I'm glad I did watch it. Yes. You know, and now that song is stuck in my head. Yes, through the trees. That was so. That sounded so dated. I I make uh, references to the song used in this film all the time, and he's never understood them, and now he finally will. And it's stuck in my head. Yes, it's it's one of those pop songs that's like an earworm, and you just can't get rid of it once you hear it. Yeah. And it plays through the movie a lot. <laughs> It's kind of part of the movie. To it is. Actually. It is part yeah. of the story. It's important. Yeah. It is very important. Yeah. Yes. And now you will never unhear it. No, like I said, it's stuck in my head. If I hear that, that just that phrase alone, that, that this movie is probably going to be the one that pops into my head. Good, because I make that phrase all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad it's getting a lot more recognition now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, it was well done. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you liked it. I, I really did, and I, I thank you for actually getting me to go watch the movie. Yes. Okay, so to move on to our next film that we're going to be talking about, we also watched The Devil's Doorway, directed by Irish director Ashlyn Clark. Oh, Ashlyn. <laughs> I, I have to thank you for scaring the bejesus out of me. Really, from the first, like from the opening scene of the film, we were hooked, and then I don't think it ever let us go for the entire runtime of the film. I was in, I was tense, like the whole time. Like you know, we were eating dinner, watching it, right? <clears throat> and I was able, like in the beginning, I was eating, and I was like, I kind of put it down, and stop, because things were getting really intense. And then by the time I think the first third movie, I was not paying attention to anything else. I was kind of curled up under the blanket and like, what is happening? Perpetual goosebumps. Yes. Like (laughs) at least 15 of them throughout the whole thing. There there were a lot of things that freaked me out. So many moments that just kept me on the edge of my seat watching that film. And I don't know why it is for me that I felt that way. Like usually, horror films don't doesn't really get to me that much. Like I enjoy them, but they don't really give me that feeling of like uneasiness. Mm-hmm. But this one did, like throughout the whole thing. Like I think I was. By the time we got through halfway of the movie till the end, I believe I was like completely speechless. Like I was not saying a thing. I was just breathing heavy. Yeah. Like I usually don't get like that. I don't know what it is 
Oh. Well, at this point, I think we should probably point out kind of what type of horror film The Devil's Doorway is. Okay, yeah. Yeah, The Devil's Doorway oh. is one of those um, exorcism-type movies where they send the priests to an area that needs to be investigated. Mm-hmm. And it's also a found footage film. So, so, yeah. Surprisingly... Like, I, would, I would probably equate it in theme to The Last Exorcism. Where they send someone to investigate, and they have a camera where they're recording the investigation, it's it's like that. And before you think, oh, I'm so tired of found footage films, or I don't like found footage films; they're so shaky. I think you should maybe give this one a shot anyway. I I would agree, um, and that was you know for me that was one of the things I was worried about coming into this film when you told me there was a, a found footage, mm-hmm. and. <clears throat> And I just don't do well with found footage. Not that, like, story or anything. It's, it's the just the way of the camera. it's shot. Yeah. Right? But this one, it honestly didn't bother me at all. There was, like, maybe one scene when it got really intense. Mm-hmm. But I could understand why it, it, it was like it that. It had a purpose, yeah. Yeah. And But it was, it was uh, the rest of it, it did not feel like. I was being like tossed around in tumble cycle in in a uh, in a uh, dryer, right? I, that's a funny way to describe it. <laughs> but that's how that's how I feel when I watch found found footage yeah. films. It's just I, I feel like I'm tossed in a dryer and just in tumble dry mm-hmm. the whole time, and I can't I can't handle it. So I have to close my eyes and just listen, and hopefully I don't miss anything. Mm-hmm. This one did not feel that way. Uh, probably for one, instead of being sh- in shot in a full widescreen mode, it was shot in sixteen millimeters, uh, four by three mm-hmm. aspect ratio. Because it's a period piece, that's why we should put that out. It's set during nineteen sixty. Nineteen sixty. So everything that is shot fits that time period. The camera, the sound. Yeah. Like everything. It looks like it's straight out of 1960. That, that's the one thing, too, that I, I have to say is the sound was, I think they were, they were spot on with how mm-hmm. it sounded and just the little bit of, you know, just the crackles and pops here and there. Just, yeah. I thought that was great because, you know, sounds like they were recording on like a reel. Mm-hmm. And that, I, that added a lot of authenticity to it, which I think the found footage genre needs because it's Mm -hmm. been so overdone since paranormal activity at this point that everybody knows it's not real but this authenticity of the 16 millimeter and the audio it made it seem like it was an actual thing that happened and it brought back that authenticity that we haven't really gotten since paranormal activity and since blair witch and it's funny you mentioned that like it brought back like it's real like it really happened because mm-hmm. I felt like I was watching a documentary and the like these are the actual footage that they got and they pieced it together to tell the story. Mm-hmm. So I thought they did a re- really good job with that. Yeah, and of course it has a lot of social commentary. The director is from Ireland, so it plays up with a lot of history that Ireland has, as well as some current events in Irish culture that's happened. And it just really blended in together very well to form this really authentic-looking piece. And uh, uh, speaking of current events in relation to this movie... um... Well, I guess 
the best way. It's not super current, but it's current enough to be in the recent memory of a lot of people who are alive right now. But the movie focuses on these two priests who are traveling to something called a laundry, and that's where a lot of, like, um, unwed pregnant women ended up, and just any woman that Irish culture and the Catholic Church thought was undesirable. So they're heading to this location, and these laundries were a real thing that were around until the mid to late 90s. I mm. want to say 1996. Okay. So that's that's something that's still, like, current for a lot of people who, who live there. there. Yeah. But, yeah, because it is current, that makes it feel kind of personal on a personal level because people who are watching this remember this and because of that that makes it seem even more authentic yeah well we don't want to talk about it too much we yeah, don't want to give any wanna... plot points away right yeah don't spoil the so. story because it's best to be experienced and it's a really suspenseful experience i thought i yeah and the way i felt about it mm-hmm. it's it just like i said you know my heart was like racing and, and I don't know why that is, I, but it did. Well, the, the the tension was there like, the whole time. It was a great atmosphere. Right off the very beginning. I mean, mm-hmm. they built that tension within the first, like, 30 seconds it was to a, a minute. That was a great musical ramp up right yeah. there. Like, and you're like, it's <laughs> like, whoa, okay, and then, whoa. Yeah, it, it, just, it just, like, it just winds you. you up. And it, it's so interesting because... This ramp up starts when it's giving you like a prologue, like it's mm-hmm. filling you in on the details. Yeah. And without you even really paying attention to it, the music is setting the tone for you that's never going to subside until the movie ends. So even I, then, I really right like now to. I'm still here for you, just thinking about it. Like, oh, yeah. Am I going to be able to sleep tonight? Hopefully, I, you don't have nightmares. I hope I don't. <clears throat> you know, and, and, as far other than like the atmosphere mm-hmm. that was being set, I mean, throughout the whole thing was was great. I think the pacing was good, right? Yeah. And and the one thing, uh, like, yes, there are some jump scares, but they're not like that. They're not like the jump scares that get a lot of people like yeah, like upset about films. In my opinion, it's like that trope of jump scares, right? It's, yeah. It's, it has some jump scares, but I feel like but they were very like, that. like they were like tongue in cheek jump scares, like yeah. And here's the obligatory jump scare, like, like you knew, yeah. But then there were those things that just kind of like it, like you're sitting next to me or watching this thing, and you're like, ah, oh, you start yelling, you're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh, yeah. freaking out, and I'm just like, <laughs> not I a wouldn't, word. I wouldn't really call those jump scares really because it was more like the ones that are just kind of like. Because jump scares are the ones pronounced in your face, with, like, like a loud with noise usually. Like that, yeah. But when something just shows up and you <laughs> see it and I'm in a perpetual state of ah, watching a movie like that, I don't consider that a jump scare. And here I'm just completely quiet. Just... Yeah, he's just wrapped in a blanket like a little burrito of scaredness. <laughs> I, I was scared. Like It freaked me out. And actually this is probably a movie that I would probably recommend to a friend who asked about something that would yes. scare him. To the friend of Eric's who recommended that we do a horror-themed episode, The Devil's Doorway is the way to go. That would be it. That's what we would recommend. Absolutely. It It was, yeah. You oh. can currently find it on several streaming oh. services. Oh, I'm just, it's just thinking about it still. It's just, it, 
it movie, sticks with you. A movie like that hasn't gotten me to me like this in a very long time. I think the one of the only other ones that got to me like this was probably back um maybe two thousand four five maybe. Now which one are you talking about there? Um Juwan, I would oh, have okay. to say. That fits I, the time period. It, it, like, I was watching with a friend who's actually, I'm rec- recommending this one too, also. Yes, you're that and friend. <laughs> we were both just sitting there going, we didn't want to get up and so turn the gonna TV So who's going to turn off, off the TV? <laughs> so, uh, anyway. But yes, The Devil's Doorway. Do recommend. Yes, I definitely recommend it myself. Yes. Um, so, how, what's the director's name again? Um, Ashlyn Clark. Ashlyn Clark. Ashlyn yes. Clark, thank you for scaring me again. Yes, the film has shown up on several best of 2018 lists. Like, it's it's gotten a lot of traction. And I think it'll get more. Oh, yeah. I and I can't wait more. to see what she comes out with next, because she clearly has an eye. She will do great things. Literally, your lamp in the background just scared me because it looked like a nun. Awesome. Uh, you're <laughs> not going to turn around and look. Uh, no, please don't. I do have to say, and I made this comment once or twice, I wasn't happy with my experience watching The Nun in 2018. And I do have to say what I experienced in The Devil's Doorway was what I was hoping for with The Nun. So thank you, Ashlyn Clark, for finally putting together what I was hoping to see. Thank you. (laughs) While we could only really talk about two films during this podcast, there are plenty of other options out there if you want to support women in horror films this month. If you were looking for some Christian Bale being a psycho, you can check out (laughs) American Psycho, directed by Mary Heron. If you're into something a little bit psychological, supernatural, you can check out The Babadook, directed by Jennifer Kent. Um, there are several other ones. You got the 2013 Carrie was directed by a woman. Um, if you're looking for something that's a little bit like vampires, you can check out Near Dark, directed by Catherine Bigelow, and A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, directed by Anna Lily Amapour. There's a movie, a French film called Raw, that's directed by uh, a female director, and that's cannibalism. So if you're into that, you can check that out. It's still hard to swallow, I think. <laughs> Is that a pun? That's a good pun. <laughs> um, if you're into um, a classic, you can check out Pet Cemetery, directed by Mary Lambert. That was That's good always one. a fun one to check out. There's just, there's several of them out there, and you just have to look and just give some... There are a lot of options. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of options out there, and it's kind of nice to get a different perspective sometimes. I agree, and it, it's it's always good to have uh, you know see things from t- somebody else's yeah. eyeglass. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it brings something completely different to the genre, and I, I think it's just it's refreshing. And I hope that there will be more to come. Of course, there will be more to come, especially from you. <laughs> That's funny. I would love to be included on one of these lists someday. Let's get there. all right so thank you for listening to our latest episode i'm Haley, and i'm eric and we are reels on reels Reels.